0: Hey, my friends, I'm so glad that you're here. How are you doing? You know, I am doing fantastic. Today is my last day here in Arizona before Scott and I commute up to Logan for a couple of months where we're going to be preparing our uh, new home up there and getting it ready for uh, folks to come and visit and experience Logan. I'm so looking forward to that. We'll keep you posted on progress. I'm sure that we're going to have some interesting antics and adventures while we're there in this whole process. And um, I'm really excited for what the next couple of months are going to bring. So let's talk a little bit as we kick off this topic on self-management and time management, uh, a typical life in the day of an entrepreneur. Maybe you can relate the thoughts of, I don't know what happened. The day just got ahead of me, or I planned a really productive day, and then the next thing I know, it was 5.05 in the evening, or here's one that I'm famous for. Here I am again at the last minute crunching to get this project done. Yeah, I'm recording this podcast on my packing day, so obviously I need to hear my own podcast. Or how about this one? Really? It's Friday already? I'm sure that as a small business owner, or maybe even a mother of small children, you certainly can relate. It always seems like there is so much more work at the end of every week. You know, recently I sent out a feedback questionnaire to small dental business owners throughout North America. We do this on the regular, really just to help me make sure I've got my finger on the pulse of understanding the things that you're challenged with and uh, the areas that you'd like to really see uh, and hear from the sales school as well as from this podcast. And I asked the question, what is holding you and your business back. Well, the results were eye-opening. Anytime I listen to the people that I work with, I've always learned something. But apparently, some of the common factors that are holding back entrepreneurs, they believe that they would be more successful if their kids were grown or some said if their kids were younger. Some people said they'd be more successful if they had a spouse that traveled all the time. <laughs> Others said, well, they'd be more successful if they didn't have a job and maybe they just had a side hustle. Some said they'd be more successful if they were older. Some said if they were younger, some said more experienced. Others said less experienced. You get the idea. As you can imagine, we got answers from both sides of the continuum. However, the number one response and reason that small business owners surveyed believe was holding them back and their businesses back was a lack of time. You know, at first glance, this explanation is completely logical. It totally makes sense. The more time that a person has, well, the more hours to get things done. And the more doing means creating more results leading to higher levels of accomplishment. But there's just one major flaw with this line of thinking with more time, gets more accomplishment. And that is the entrepreneurs, the small business owners, the people that you've been following on Instagram and Facebook and social media in general, who are wildly prolific, productive, and quote, successful than those that barely move the needle at getting things done. And guess what? They have the same 24 hours to work with as you do and I do. I've always believed that time is what we want most, but we use the worst. So if you believe that limited time has been the main reason that you and your business aren't getting the results that you desire, well then this episode is for you. Now before we explore all about time management, I think it's helpful for us to understand a little about anatomy, specifically the brain. You know, the most primitive part of the human brain is wired to keep you alive. The default settings that are embedded into the DNA of your brain keeps you intensely focused on helping you to A, avoid pain, That way, you stay away back in the primitive days from the lions, the tigers, and the bears to seek pleasure, which ensures continued evolution, and finally, to conserve as much energy as possible. Well, because Burger King back then wasn't a thing. (laughs) What I want you to know is that the hard of doing or changing habits is hardwired into the primitive part of your brain because it requires that when you try to do something different or move outside of a habit, well, this your brain perceives this as being, quote, painful or uncomfortable. And the brain works to protect you to want to offer you other alternatives that are much more pleasurable and energy conserving, like Netflix and Cheetos. <laughs> you know, when my clients complain or say that they're frustrated by the difficulty of getting more things done or breaking a habit, I tell them nothing has gone wrong. This is your brain trying to protect you. But here's the best news is that there is another part of your brain that controls the primitive brain. It's the higher brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex. And it is responsible for controlling the decision-making authority that can actually counteract or change your decisions and the actions that you take because of those decisions that can overrule the natural instinct part of the primitive brain. So when there's a power play between these cerebral segments of your brain, well, the higher brain, the prefrontal cortex with awareness and intention can and will win if you use it. It's important to realize that believing that you need more time to create something bigger or better or a more successful business, well, it's an impossible request. There is no such thing as creating or manufacturing more time. What this explanation that your brain offers up that we need more time to get it done or to be more successful. Well, it's your brain's way of offering you an easy out to avoid the pain of doing And it offers you to follow an action or in this case, an inaction that requires the least amount of effort, ultimately giving you more pleasure. Believing that a lack of time is what's holding you back. Well, I just want to shoot it straight with you. This abdicates your responsibility to use and leverage the agency that you have in the freedom and flexibility of governing your own life. If you blame time for your lack of results, well, (laughs) then you can be off the hook for being accountable to redirect the actions that you take within that same 24-hour period that you have, for getting the right things done. When you stick with the status quo by not exerting the energy and effort to use your prefrontal cortex to override your primitive brain, well, it celebrates that it was successful at keeping you safe and in the cave and away from achieving a life and a business That is indeed bigger and better than the one you have now. Do you see how that works? The excuse that time marches on and there's nothing you can do about it, that your situation is unique or that you have kids or that you have a husband or a wife or whatever the circumstances are in your reality. These are all excuses that your brain offers up as ideas, as sentences, as thoughts in your head that keep you, well, playing small. It allows you, when you use time as an excuse, to relinquish your responsibility to take that agency that you have at leveraging the opportunity that you can take over controlling your own life. Time doesn't hold you or your business back. You are holding yourself back. Time is just an easy and popular scapegoat or excuse. All right, the tough talk is about over, I promise. So are you ready to believe something different? How you'll know is if you are done with getting the same results you've gotten so far, as as long as you've had your business. Maybe you're looking at this year, when you're listening to this recording, you're saying, I'm done. I want to be able to take positive steps forward. I want to be able to crush my goals for this year. I want to move forward. Please recognize that the business that you have today, the customers that you are serving or not, is the direct byproduct of the decisions and actions that you've taken in the past to get there. That's as straight and honest as I can be with you. You know, there are a lot of time management courses available. I mean, many people think that's what I need is to learn more about time management. And I've taken a lot of those classes and I've applied a variety of the tools and techniques that those kinds of courses offer. But we've already established that time management is a fallacy. There's no such thing. There's no way of controlling the amount or the rate in which the minutes, the hours, the days, and the years are experienced. Well, I'd like to offer that a much more productive and positive way to approach time is to befriend it, to dance with it, and most important, to have fun with it. You see, seeing time as the enemy, it creates an antagonistic relationship, which will not produce the results that you want. It may in the short term, if you beat yourself with a deadline, But in terms of a scalable, sustainable relationship that I'm inviting you to build with time, well, this is something different. To befriend time, to lean in, to welcome it, to dance with it and have some fun with it. Well, it it allows you to lean in with a curious anticipation about what might be possible if you changed your relationship and you looked at time in a much more curious and and uh, experimental way, you know my mom and dad they knew this trick well. When they wanted me to do a big or difficult or yucky chore, well, it was something I didn't want to do, like clean my room or do the dishes. My mom would try to quote motivate me to get it done by saying all right, I'll time you to see how fast you can get it done. And believe it or not, even well into my teens, that quote motivational strategy of just timing me and me being able to beat my best time was really what it took to get it done. Instead of time management, which technically you or I have no control over, let's consider self-management. You see, self-management is the ability to regulate one's behaviors, thoughts, and emotions or feelings in a conscious or an intentional and therefore a productive way. Self-management is a learned skill. That's the good news. Everybody can learn and can develop the skill of self-management. It actually gets its roots from the emotional intelligence theory. Have you heard of EQ? Well, self management is packaged inside of that concept, that theory. Self management is sometimes referred to as self control or self regulation. It involves knowing how to set your priorities, identify the good, better, best of what needs to get done but then also to be able to motivate and compel yourself to take the appropriate actions necessary to create the desired result or to perform the task at hand. An individual with a well-developed self-management skill knows what to do. That's the priority or prioritizing and how to respond in different situations. Leaders and entrepreneurs can apply the intentional set of feelings, emotions, and actions to get more done to achieve higher levels of accomplishment in their business. An example of just Pure self-management in your personal life might be, well, required to control your anger, for example, when a referee unfairly calls your kid out at a little league game. Professional self-management is really needed to avoid distractions while working to maintain focus and complete a project or task. Now, this can be supported by you taking other measures to avoid distractions and to stay focused, like turning off your cell phone or turning on different, um, eliminating the, the notifications that come up that tend to kind of get our uh, get our attention and get us off the game. But at the end of the day, the idea here is, the concept here is not to Pursue time management, but to pursue self management. Now, let's apply this concept to you as an entrepreneur or a small business owner. You've got a lot of balls in the air as a founder. So it's critical that you know or lear- learn to lean in to the people, problems, and projects that support your vision and goals. This starts by leading yourself and learning the skill of self-management. The cool thing is that as, that as you increase your self-awareness, naturally your self-management skills will get stronger. The idea of self-awareness is simply nothing more than your ability to clearly see yourself through introspection and reflection. So let me ask you, when is the last time when you really just sat down and thought about what you're thinking about, thought about and viewed yourself, if you will, from a, you know? 10-foot view and really looked at yourself as you were navigating in a particular situation. Let's say in getting something difficult, getting a difficult project done. You know, this ability to uh, have self-awareness, it's a purely human quality. Uh, It's just humans have this self-awareness ability. And it frankly gives us a unique edge and advantage of being able to, A, be self-aware, and then ultimately self-regulate, leading to this concept of self-management. This tease us up as humans to be able to set an intention for creating the results that we want and being able to support and sustain those actions until the achievement of the thing is done. Fortunately, in business, incorporating systems and tools that provide the kind of awareness or feedback that we need, there are plenty of opportunities for that. And so we can use that feedback to be able to gain greater understanding of where our thoughts, feelings, and actions are in the midst of the you know, business setting and, and also in response to the feedback that's offered to us. You know, I have a favorite mantra that says, how you do anything is how you do everything. And one of the ways that we can strengthen our intentional integrity is to do what we say that we're going to do at work. This means honoring our calendar and following through with the tasks and action items that we say we're going to work on when we're going to work on them in our personal lives. That means maintaining a strong personal commitment that we make to ourselves with high reverence respect and resolve now that's not easy to do as we've talked about our brain is going to offer us all kinds of alternatives when we get to doing that thing that we say that we were going to do which may feel a bit uncomfortable slash our uh primitive brain is going to see and feel that as, quote, pain, and it's going to be offering you uh, something that is stress relieving, not goal achieving, or something that is going to allow you to conserve energy. So as an entrepreneur, it is doubly important for you to be conscious of your thoughts, your feelings, and the actions or inactions that You may want to take in the face of a task. This is the foundation of self regulation. Without it, there's no ability to reflect or to choose a different path. If you are not self aware, you can't regulate what you're unaware of. And that is regulated, that is governed by the deliberate, intentional use of your prefrontal cortex. Elevating your mindfulness really is a great way to improve your ability to self-regulate and to enhance your overall well-being. What I'm saying here is you're going to get a heck of a lot of benefits and advantages out of developing this muscle called self-management than you even know at the time that you're listening to this. It's important that to note that team members or contractors or people that we work with with developed skills in this area are highly productive. So when you are looking to welcome new people on board, you want to really look for signs and symptoms of individuals who have demonstrated past Uh, skills and efforts that have led to higher levels of accomplishments. Usually when you see high performers, you usually can peel that onion back to discover that they also have high levels of self-awareness, self-regulation, and yes, ultimately the big picture, they are strong in their self-management skills. As an entrepreneur, it is really without this skill you as an owner, you as a finder are going to find it very challenging to complete projects and to achieve the company's potential that you really desire in a effective and a time efficient manner. So to really wrap this entire program up, I really want to introduce the concept of having impeccable intentional integrity when it comes to making promises to yourself. What I mean by impeccable intentional integrity, remember there's no p word in here, there's no perfection, but it what it is is establishing a personal standard that you will live up to for yourself. So when you don't do what you say you're going to do, you are breaking a promise to yourself. On the flip side, when you establish impeccable intentional integrity, you honor your word to the deepest part of yourself, your calendar, and your personal commitment. Even if you didn't tell anyone, I want you to really establish a commitment that is unbreakable. When you keep your promises to yourself, you establish a solid foundation of trust that every other commitment that you make to yourself can depend on as truth, that your word matters. At the end, when you have developed the the skill of self-regulation, self-management, you will Honor your word to yourself no matter what. Because you know what? When you think about it, that's the only word that really matters the ones that you make to yourself. You know, it is my desire that in these few minutes together, you've been able to gain just a little bit more insight about yourself. To, I hope, understand a little more about the way your brain operates and how you're hardwired. To not do the thing. But hopefully, you're going to take away some positive and productive steps that you can stand in your own self awareness and challenge habit, challenge status quo, and really change the idea that time isn't holding you back or your business back. You know, it really is true, ready or not, time does fly. But the good news is you are the pilot. That's all I have for you today. Be well, my friend, and keep smiling.